Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Welcome to this extra special episode of From Dial Square to Where, the Arsenal Twitter podcast. This is the audio of the latest edition of the live YouTube broadcast of You Can Be the Star. On this episode the guests are, Paul from the Arsenal Vision podcast, otherwise known as Poznan in My Pants, Sunny from Sunny TV Unfiltered and AFTV and Glenn DITM, AFTV's newest recruit from his home in New York. I hope you enjoy it. It gets a bit heated resulting in a walkout unfortunately, but I guess it adds to the excitement. Please like, subscribe, and rate 5 stars and pass on the show to your friends and family. Thanks. I was going to say Arsenal Vision Podcast then, but we've got, we, exactly. Oh, yeah, here we go. So, yeah, Poz from the Arsenal Vision Podcast. Welcome to From Dial Square to Where. How are you doing? Uh, good, thank you. Very good, thank Great. you. Great to have you on board today. Thank you so much for your time. Glenn, how are you, well, mate? I'm fine. I was almost late. I was bringing my son home from school, and then this endless stream of ducks was crossing the road, <laughs> and I'm just like, "Fuck!" But uh, I, got, I got here on time, and you I didn't, mean, run, and I didn't run any of them over. I don't, I don't, I, I, the only ducks I know in America are ones in Memphis where they live in a hotel and come down in the lift. Have you heard about them? <laughs> no, I did not hear about that. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll, what tell, you're I'll tell you another day. Okay. And Sonny, how are you, mate? How, how's it going? I'm very well, thanks, mate. Um, lo- love your podcast, so I'm really thrilled to be on it. Um, and you're a good friend of mine on Twitter as well, so it's, it's nice to put a, a face to the a face of the tweet. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, it really is. Thanks ever so much for coming on board as well. Oh, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, anytime. I, I love when Sonny's on because I'm not the angriest guy on the panel every you know, time. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not my podcast, I'm going to behave myself. <laughs> oh, no. You better not. <laughs> Listen, you obviously haven't watched the other the other episode, Sonny. You can do, you're at my place now. You can do what you want. <laughs> but yeah, just to give the viewers a quick uh, overview, very briefly, it's a very interactive show. What we do on this show is give the opportunity to one of the viewers who's the most interactive on the night um, in the comments section, the chance to join us at the end of the show, just to uh, come on lo- come online live with us and to air their opinions and views as well. So anyone that's watching, please get involved. Please put um, some questions and comments in the uh, comments box. And the one that's deemed the most entertaining towards the end of the show 
so get the opportunity to come on live with us. So, first things first, um, the show as well is about Arsenal Twitter and um, the different types of tweets that we get to come across every single day, whether they're funny, whether they're uh, controversial, whether they're interesting, whatever. And we like to talk about them, dissect them a little bit more, and you can only fit so much in the 280 characters, as I say, every week. So we try and expand on things. So what I'll do this today, first things first, if I go to you, Poz, and see what you've uh, found entertaining this week on the Arsenal Twitter. Well, I'm somebody who fully embraces the interlull, so... I'll take my two weeks away from the stresses and strains of Arsenal. So I actually don't know anything that's going on. Just for this show, I decided I'd uh, actually have to go and find out what was going on on Arsenal Twitter. Um, Kind of the first thing that came up was the Patrick Vieira story, um, where he said he'd love to manage at Arsenal. And you kind of line that up with uh, Ian Wright visiting uh, Dennis Bergkamp, and you got Freddie Lungberg in the setup at the moment with a little bit of management. You got uh, management experience. You got Frank Lampard having an interesting start over at Chelsea. And so it does kind of intrigue you. Obviously, Arteta was maybe uh, a nose ahead in the race for manager last time round, and then whatever, maybe with Arson's autobiography coming out next year, uh, maybe he can shed some light, but we're still not quite sure how that all panned out. So I guess it, it does intrigue, and, and it's maybe a question more for you guys. Who would you like to see of out, out of our past Invincibles or recent times? You know, you'd have to include Arteta in the bunch. If you had to pick one, which way would you lean in terms of a, a new manager coming in? Not that I'm personally in a rush to get rid of Emery. I certainly have many concerns, but uh, I'm still pretty much in the camp. Let's see how the season progresses. So I'll, yeah. just, um, I'll just quickly say, Glenn, I've got um, my next tweet sort of very ni- nicely leads onto this. So if go you two guys first, I'll finish up on it because I can take it to the next uh, next tweet. So you go first then, Glenn. Well, I, I was going to say me and Paz are in the same camp with Unai Emery. We were toasting marshmallows and everything. I think he needs to finish out at least this season, um, he, uh, although I, is it true that he really has a three-year deal? Because that's depressing if it is. With no bank calls apparently as well. Mm. Uh, but, oh man, who would I, I would, I don't know about Vieira. How's he doing at his, at his uh, current job? I've seen, I saw him in the MLS and his team at New York couldn't play defense. So I'm, yeah, I'm not he's doing okay. Nice are mm. middle table, but then are a middle table name, team. But then I think you've got to also say, what are you looking for a manager in his previous experience? I mean, uh, Lampard did goodish at <laughs> Derby, but didn't knock it out of the park. Um, Sometimes, you know, uh, Pep with the Barcelona B team got a lot of experience. But, you know, what can you really... What you really want them to do is go off and make their mistakes with other clubs. Um, and then you give them a Ferrari and find out how they can really move. And, and what, you know, how well you drive a bus is not the same as how well you drive a Ferrari. So, um, you know, you look at Zidane, what management experience did he have? And then he goes and wins three Champions Leagues, and now he's back to struggling. So uh, uh, it, it's very hard to work out what you get out of previous experience when you're looking at any club's equivalent of our Invincibles. You know, Lampard would be Chelsea's equivalent. 
Zidane, obviously, uh, um, Real Madrid's equivalent. Um, so I think what you mainly want to do is have them go off and get rid of all their stupid ideas and start to perfect their own <laughs> ideas and how they handle themselves and how they handle themselves in the uptimes and the downtimes. You kind of, you almost learn more from a manager who's making his mistakes than one who's, you know, kind of falling into a situation and everything goes brilliantly. Mm. Uh, I would have to say, going by your question of just former Arsenal players, I would have to go with Lundberg because, I mean, the, one of the most exciting things about our team are the youngsters, and he's worked with them, and, and uh, I would want him, if that's my only choices, are ex-Arsenal players. Yeah, it's funny because the young players, that's kind of my breaking point with Emery coming into this season. I said I could forgive a lot, but if I got the feeling he was freezing out our youngsters, that would be kind of my separation emotionally between him him and me. And uh, whether it's through accident or through design, you know, he, he is incorporating the younger players. So that, that certainly gives in my personal view, a, a much longer leash to his stay at the club. Okay. Yeah. Good I'm sorry, your turn, Sonny or Andrew? Sonny, yeah, Sonny. Um, well, ex-Arsenal players would be manager. If we're going if we're going track record of bad managers, um, I'll go someone who compares with um, Unai Emery. I'll say Steve Bold. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he did all right, fair enough. He did all right a couple That's of seasons ago. Are my headphones working? What did you just <laughs> no, say? I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Arteta. I wanted Arteta before um, Emery. Um, I think... Um, wow. Working on, I think working under Pep, um, obvious thing, he's, he's bad to pick, picks up a few things. Um, young manager, um, he's going to have his own ideas. Um, so it would be Arteta for me. Uh, definitely. Um, and I don't, think, I don't think any other Arsenal player really stands out. I mean... You know, who else would have done? Sol, Sol Campbell is a big, big personality, but he's only been at Macclesfield and done pretty well. Um, Tony Adams has flopped um, wherever he's been. Uh, on these, on flopped. Vieira's flopped. So, not we're not really, a, we're not really a, maybe because we've never had any proper captains either. You know, you know, in, in our recent history, um, no one really stands out as management material, do they? Um, what would you? Why would you go for? Arteta over Jungberg. Mate, I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I just, I, I just like good attacking football. Um, I don't think Arsenal are ever going to win the league again. Um, probably. Um, we'll get to <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, we're done, everybody. Good night. Without finances and anything else, and his owners, I, I can't see us ever compete, competing properly. So, you know, if we're not going to compete, and we're going to spend the most, the most expensive prices for tickets. I'd rather we play good football. I don't know what you base it on, though, personally, because how, how have you seen an Arteta team play good football? I, well, I know he's I know he's got the best tutor in the world. Yeah, but, but it's the same analogy, you know, if, if if someone goes to university and they, you know the graduates, what kind of graduate get a job if they haven't got experience? You've got you've got to start somewhere. Uh, I, I do remember when John Major took over after Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <and she> <laughs> She was working on the theory he'd be a chip uh, of the old block, uh, and it didn't uh, quite pan out that way. Well, I, I well, don't like John Major, by the way. My, my, I'm sorry, go ahead, Andrew. Ferguson recommended David Moyes, and, and you know, yeah. how did that work out? You know? yeah. <laughs> With our tenet, your, your metaphor is better than mine, but I'm using mine anyway, Fox. I pause. Uh, so, Sonny, you want Luke Skywalker before he visited Yoda and straightened out all his shit with the Force. That's, that's what you want. <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at pause. What's Yoda? 
definitely. I'd say that backwards if I thought I knew how to get out of it without ma- sounding like a fool. So anyway. I could, I could see, I could see Poz, his head sticking out a backpack on the little Skywalker's back. My ideal manager, my ideal manager would have been the Ajax manager. To be honest with you. Um, oh yeah. And, and, and behind him, it'd be it'd be Turkey's national coach manager. How about Bergkamp, if we could persuade him to uh, oh, take the mate. channel for the... Uh, I never thought it should be that big a, a deal anyway. You know, how many away games do you play in Europe? But uh, he, said, he, he said, says he, he wants said, to manage the youths, but maybe... Yeah, we, he, said the other, the youths. He, he said the other day that he want to be my man, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't Yeah, don't want to be a, um, an actual coach, but, you know, more of a an academy coach or an assistant or something like that would be perfect. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just want him in the club. If yeah. he goes somewhere else, I'll be I'll be devastated. Well, we've got, got, we've got be bombs on there, haven't we? I mean, that's, that, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it leads me on to the next question. Uh, not question, but tweet, rather. It's from Marco Guna. And he started off a tweet with, I'd honestly be completely fine with Jungberg getting a one or two year deal after Emery. Give him enough time, but also not too much that we end up screwed if he flops. And I... I just a short thread, really. I said I'd have him in the flash, no problem at all. And he's put, um, I think Arsenal are trying to mould him into Emery's replacement. But in a way, that gets us playing back to our roots. And I've put, he'd be a very positive, I'd be very positive about it. He just has the aura, charisma, experience, respect, fan, lovability, if that I made up word, in a similar way that Chelsea is a happier place right now. And I think that makes an awful lot of difference. It'll just give us the a massive lift. I wouldn't give him a long deal and I wouldn't do the same mistake that Man United have made when they said right, he's got it until the end of the season and then all of a sudden he had a couple of good results and, um, well, quite a few good results, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, but but then they what, gave it him straight away. One season coaching under 23 and, and, and now he's... No, this is the thing. He's, he knows all the young players. The young players all love him and every single fan just loves Jungberg as well. Maybe not you, Sonny, but everyone else. <laughs> uh, like, I love him, but not, not as awful manager. No, but he's got... He just seems to have that respect and that charisma to be a really good coach that everyone listens to and will do as what he says. And have you it. see you see all the youngsters that are coming into the team now. I'm not saying that he's going to be fantastic, but if I... If, if, and this is if Emery leaves, and even when Emery leaves, I'm talking about on a caretaker basis... Well, and we can try and look for someone in the meantime. You know, we could try and go for the IX manager. But I'd love to see him, what he could do over maybe, like, you know, two or three months before the I, end of the season. I don't want any manager that needs on-the-job training. We got, we got too many young guys well, that, that have to go through that. He's been doing that for the last 18 months, two years, though, hasn't he? Oh, I was, I'm, just, I'm just speaking in general. I'm sorry, Andrew. I wasn't taking a shot at your opinion there. No, I think I what think we need to do with would... Lungberg is demote him every two years back to playing with the managing the academy, and then promote him every two years so he can come up with all the players. He's just kind of he's like a <laughs> yeah old diver going well, down, grabbing the pearls and bringing them up to the surface, going down and bring them back up again. Well, I just think he's I just think he must be doing something right because you know these youngsters since he is, have really blossomed under his tutelage. He must be doing something right. And I just want Arsenal to get a world-class manager in person. I do, I do, Sonny, and I'm not saying I want to give him like a three, two or three-year deal. I'm just thinking I'd love to see what 
what he could do because you never know, do you? I, mean, I, I, I just think you'll get this team ticking. I really do. I'd like, I'd like someone with Mourinho's attitude, but not Mourinho. Oh no, I'd never, <laughs> I'd never, I'd, I'd rather go back to Wenger than have Mourinho. <laughs> really the, most, the most I'd accept from a manager who had something common with Mourinho is maybe shoe size. After that, I want everything different. <laughs> no, I, I, I like his speech mentality, Mourinho. Uh, you know, he's, 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 I don't give a shit attitude. I like that about him. And he's not a yes man. Like that's, you know, but as for, as for managing the team, not a chance. No, he, he, he screws up too many youngsters for me. I, I like him as a pundit, but uh, not as yeah, my manager. Actually, it, it, it's funny when you see people in their afterlife. I mean, I, I really like Gary Neville, unless we're talking Gary Neville, Neville the player, in <laughs> which case he's like the poison dwarf to me. Mourinho <laughs> is such a toxic, toxic guy in your club. And I know, Sonny, you weren't saying that you wanted Mourinho. It's the toxicity nah. specifically you don't want. But I do think that all... You know, you can't kind of get that siege mentality for too long without getting the Mourinho mentality. So it's a tough one. Uh, I do agree with you, Sonny, uh, that, uh, you know, if, if it were me, if it were my life that depend, depended on the results of the club after our next manager, uh, why not get a top-notch, top-quality uh, manager who's done it elsewhere? I mean... Uh, we may have struggled over the last decade, but Arsenal's still a class job. And if you look at managers who strongly considered coming here, strong rumours that Klopp was interested, but we weren't ready. Strong rumours that Tuchel was interested, but we weren't ready, etc., etc. I don't know if it's Nagelsmann or who, but um, the idea that Nagelsmann's definitely going to Bayern Munich, I mean... That is an incredibly political environment in the Bundesliga. So he may go there or he may get turned off it very quickly. You saw the Aubameyang ca- uh, comments about, is it Vatsky, who's the uh, the head dude over at, at Dortmund. And you think Dortmund's this, hey, organic, everybody gets on together, lovey-dovey club. I mean, lots of politics in the Bundesliga as much as anywhere else. So we may be able to get the next up-and-coming Nagelsmann or whoever it may be over at Arsenal. So I kind of lean in in Sonny's direction, but I was definitely a, an Arteta man when we were looking at uh, at the last go-round. I still find that exciting. Uh, I do agree the Sorcerer's Apprentice is not the Sorcerer. Um, it would be a fun experiment. Unfortunately, you don't have parallel universes where you can try it all out. You're stuck with a manager for a few years. I do also think on the topic of you know giving a short deal versus a long deal, I think you've just got to give them the standard deal. Otherwise, it sends messages in one direction or the other. And you got to be prepared to sack them mm-hmm. and pay them $7 million or whatever it is they're due. And you just take your lumps on the chin. But if you give them a one and a half year deal or whatever cookie kind of if your deal looks different to everybody else's deal what's that say about your club with with man united it said something about the moyes thing um and we don't want to be the guy who shortchanged whoever the next manager coming in is you, you, well, you, know, I, you know you know what if you if you if you're in the garage you can have the best mechanic in the world but if you don't if you don't get the tools to work with um it's all, whoever they get it's going to be down to the arsenal ball to see if you, they give them you know the tools they need really yeah well, It's going to change as well. There's going to be a managerial merry-go-round. I mean, Klopp's already said that he wants his sabbatical soon. Um, Mm -hmm. But Pep does as well. Pep will will definitely be off. I reckon he'll be off at the end of the season. I really do. And 
with regards to Jungberg, I can't remember where it was. I have to apologise to whoever wrote it, but I can't remember where I read it. It might have been the... Um, no, I, I can't remember. It might have been James Benge, but he, it was on about um, Jungberg being extremely um, ambitious. And if he doesn't get the next Arsenal manager job, he's going to be off. He wants to be a number one. So it's all about how much the hierarchy actually do rate him because if um, if that's the case and he's making it really well known that that's his stance, do they want to keep him at Arsenal? If not, then he's going to go. And um, but, but we can always get him next time round. Yeah, no, exactly. But it, it, it's a lot of things going to happen, aren't they, between um, now and when Emery does eventually move on? And you know what? If he carries on playing shit football till the end of the year, I don't want, I don't want him. No, I mean, I'm struggling to watch him now. I'm struggling to watch any games because I have to watch it from behind the sofa because I'm never, ever comfortable that whenever we're ahead that we're going to hold on. It's just, um, it's just, my, my nails are just ridiculous. I mean, I've got stumps on the end of my fingers mm-hmm. where I keep biting my nails. I can't watch a match. It would enjoy it at the moment, which is uh, a shame. Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-da. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Don't worry. We're getting Tierney. We're getting Bellerin. It'll oh. all be different. Holding will be back. I do agree, actually. I do think it's going to make a massive difference, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Won't, if won't, it doesn't, won't make no difference to the midfield, mate. No, well, I know. It will. It will. It's it clearly will been essential to Emery's style. Now, whether Sonny, whether it makes enough difference, that's a whole other game. But it will make a difference. Um, he he yeah. creates down the wings. That's why he doesn't. He's not really invested in a classic ten in the centre of the pitch. Um, uh, I'd love. The thing is, Emery commutes communicates a lot and he uses a lot of buzzwords but at the end of it you still don't really get what his central philosophy is and it's frustrating i wish he'd stop and spend a little time to explain to people why he's trying to do it the way he's trying to do it but he certainly seems to believe creation is something that doesn't happen down the middle of the park that it happens down the wings and he hasn't had the tools to your point sonny that he's been looking for uh we bought them over the week, over the summer, and they're coming into play. And I think Tierney's a big piece of it. Uh, Bellerin coming back, but Bellerin could take a good half a season to get up to full speed. So um, it could still be pretty sticky, even for Emery to get the lineup he's looking for uh, yeah. often enough. It's um, does he have enough runway this season to prove his methods? Is the question. I, well, think, I, think, I, think, I think offensively we're going to get better with the defenders coming in. I, I don't think defensively we're going to improve that that much. Bellerin wasn't a great defender even when he was even when he was playing well. So, Sonny, don't worry about defending. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Con- considering Unai Emery's stubborn approach to coming out of the back, playing out of the back with uh, Bellerin and Tierney, it's going to look a lot smoother. And uh, that's the other reason I believe we he has to at least finish this season. I don't know. I, I I can't get it out of my head whether if things if he hasn't really capitalised on how crap our um, competitors are at the moment by Christmas, then I, I think it just makes utter sense to get a new manager in for in December so that they can they can get you know add a few names to maybe for January incomings. I don't know whether that would be possible. However, even if that's not possible, they'd have the rest of the season, the last four or five months of the season, to get prepared and get to know the team rather than just doing it over the summer and, and having a very short pre-season, which no doubt we're going to go abroad again for another tournament. Um, it makes sense, I think. If you're going to change your manager and you, you're pretty much 
straight in your head that you're going to change your manager to do it around at Christmas time because you've got very, very little time and you could end up taking someone second or third choice come the summer as well because of everyone else that's going to be looking for new managers. I'm not going to cry a single tear if he doesn't last the season. I'll give it the Spock raised eyebrow look, you know, if, if they fire him in December. But to me, he, he needs the rest of the season. It's only fair. He'll have a completely healthy team. My problem with him is the way he plays scared against the top six. Mm. You know, I, I want our best 11 in there. He plays against bottom six as well. Yeah, no, say, it's, not, it's not just the top six. It's not just the top six, is it? Yeah, no, it isn't. You're it's, right. Um, it's against Watford and it's against Bournemouth and everyone else. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if my nerves will take it till the end of the season. I think I'll be going in a rage and, um, you know, I'll be like Michael... Uh, what's his name? It's Michael Douglas in Falling Down. I think I'll be going <laughs> a rampage around, around Hinkley with a, shot, with a shotgun. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Um, Sonny, have you got a, a, yeah, next, I have, a topic? Uh, I have actually. Um, someone tweeted like yesterday. Let me get let me get a person who tweeted it. Um, why don't the face recognition ever work in the dark in this house? <laughs> yeah, they, they, put, they put face recognition on these phones and then they, they never they work. Um, uh, well, at, the, at, at Force 9 Danny um, tweeted yesterday about Eddie Nketiah he said um, Eddie Nketiah is a ball goal scorer um, we have to give this kid a chance and I said unpopular opinion I wouldn't give him a chance I'll sell him um, reason being he's never going to get in the Arsenal team you know they'll probably play, play Pepe um, up front if, if 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 we need his strikers so I think I think Nketiah would just be wasting his career sitting on the bench at Arsenal to be honest with you and I, and I don't I don't think he's ever going to get ever going to get a sustained run in the team. So for his for his own career, I'll sell him and use that money use that money to address the areas that we do need. Wow. So wow. I have some feelings on Enketia. So I've watched every minute he's played for Leeds so far by hook or by crook, um, and I kind of get why Bielsa isn't starting him. There's a lot of flack about him not being started. Uh, first off, he's a, he's a young loney. He's a 20-year-old, so not too many teams that are at the top of the championship uh, are going to throw themselves over to a loney, let alone a 20-year-old. But his particular style, I mean, we've all seen it. He's kind of like a shark in the water. He's very, very quiet, and he's continually waiting for the play to develop, and then he'll ghost into the areas to receive the ball and score a goal. The primary role for a a goal scorer, but he's not that. He is the anti Roberto Firmino. He's not touching the ball, getting involved in the play. He's just a box in the box, isn't he? Yeah, he is very subtly. Now he's got skills. He can do lots of things, but his personality type is end product. I'm going to be there for a final touch. At he'll make it look like a tap in. It's kind of Obama Yang esque in some ways. He'll make it look like a tap in. But it doesn't mean it isn't awfully clever because he's the guy who tends to be there. And you compare him with, say, Martinelli, um, who's not supposed to be a striker. And Martinelli's much more the Firmino kind of involvement, work rate, busyness, getting stuck and, in. And, and, more clinic, and more clinical as well. Uh, you know, in K, he does miss a lot of chances. Well, they all, I think, Sonny, they all do. If, if you give him a big enough sample size... Uh, I mean, Jesus, how many does Obama Yang miss? And he's still on 33% completion. So it's that's a really tough one, especially for kids. Um, but when you see 
their energy and their style. So I think Enketi is a, I think he's a great player. I've always loved him as a youth player. I think he's top level. I think it's really tough for a youth player. It's the toughest player, toughest position on the pitch to for a youth player to get involvement at a top six club uh, because you just can't risk the striker spot. Um, and so uh, I kind of agree with Sonny, maybe for slightly different reasons. I rate him highly. I just think it's really hard to get that window in there. It's like going for the goalkeeper spot. The, the opportunity just doesn't open up during the season to try you. So you can play no, cup competition, I mean, Europa I'll, I'll, League. I'll rate him highly, but if he was, yeah. if, 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 you know, if he was a tower block of 12 floors, I'll only put him on the sixth floor. He's not, he's not Arsenal level high. I, okay. I think he's yep. got so his movement is so impressive. Did you see him score against the in putting in another twenty ones here? Um, Mate, my, my, my movement in nightclubs impressive, but I wouldn't I won't go straight to come dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he, I think he's just a natural finisher. I really do. Uh, Ian Wright absolutely loves him and raves about him, and uh, you can't get a better finisher than Ian Wright. I'm surprised, Sonny, and I mean, I appreciate your candor, but uh, Enketi is not good enough for Arsenal. You you can judge that already. Uh, I was wrong at the start of the season. I would have rather had Martinelli go out on loan and keep Enketi. shows I was wrong, but uh, I think it's way, way too early to say he's not worthy of Arsenal's stock. I think he could, he could do with another, another, maybe another loan next season, because... At the end of next season, I mean, um, Abamian's going to what? Could it be thirty-three then? Well, the thing is, we're, we're judging in Ketig against um, two world-class strikers. We've already got the club. That's 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 why. Do yeah. you do you all um, think we'll have both strikers next season? I personally don't, because they haven't signed new contracts yet, and that's a bit worrying because that was reported in the summer that they were going to sign new contracts, and I think well, there must be something going on in the background. They might, they might want to know what's going to happen with Emery. Which no, one's Obama most Yang's likely to leave? Actually, thirty. So uh, in mm. June, so he'll go into next season thirty-one. I thought he just turned thirty-one. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's going to. He's still, you know. I think he's got another two or three years left in him because he looks fit. He's, he looks he's like a mid twenties, doesn't he? The way yeah. he never played. injured too. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the key is, uh, well, I mean, he's happy at Arsenal, obviously, but the key is going to be what they will offer him because the current trend with clubs either signing new players to a contract or, or re-signing players, you know, to, to play with them is they don't want to pay you for what you did in the past. They want to pay you for what you're going to do for them now and in the future. So uh, my only worry about keeping Aubameyang is that they might not offer him enough money to stay. That's, he, that's well. It's rumored that he wants the same as Mesut Özil, um, but he's he's actually earned that money. Um, well, they it, look it, like they're, they look like they're freezing Özil out and trying to get rid of him. Uh, so you know that if that three fifty's off the books, you know I have no problem with them overpaying Aubameyang. No, because if you think about it, if we're going to pay him another, I don't know what he's on at the moment, maybe 180, 200, I don't know. Just just, just example. If we're going to give him an extra 150 grand a week, then I think that's still going to be cheaper over three years than buying a, a striker that's got anywhere near the capabilities of, Mes of um, Aubameyang. The most important so, thing with anything we offer Aubameyang is duration of contract, and I'm yeah. no expert on these things. Yeah. You just don't want to get stuck with a, a four-year contract for a player no. who'll be effectively no. 31 when he's signing on. So, 
you know, if you're, you're overpaying somebody for a year or so, no biggie. I mean, how, I much, think he, how much money do these players actually need? I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. Doesn't Abameyang doesn't <laughs> drive a gold car? <laughs> how much money got, do they he's need? Got, he's got about nine cars, hasn't he? How much money do these people need? The thing is, uh, he he has done it on the pitch. He's, he's walks the walk and talks the talk, doesn't he? And, I mean, the fans are love him. Apparently, he got out of his car, parked up outside the Tolly the other day after a match with Tollington and, and went and had a chat to all the fans outside there. Mate, Arsenal and, uh, fans will love anyone in an Arsenal shirt. If they saw Banasaurus walking down... Um, is it in High Street? They'll, they'll all jump on him as well. Yeah, but then, no, no. Who, what other players will get out of their car and go and chat to the fans nowadays? But if he gets into any shit, he can sprint off at about 150 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But people like that. I mean, back in the day, in the 90s, 80s, 90s, you used to bump into the players in the pub. But nowadays, you don't see them at all. You know, you're lucky if they stop for a... Mate, you in, know, in, the 80s, in, in the 80s and 90s, if you bumped into them in a the pub, you could go home, come back again the next day, and they'd still be in the pub. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> o- Ozil wouldn't exactly, even yeah. stop for a carjacking, for fuck's sake. I think I was Emery trying to get rid of him. It's, it's, it's so true. There's a certain percentage of fans that will stick up for any Arsenal player as long as they're wearing the shirt. You know, That's I mean, Xhaka has his defenders. Ozil has an army of defenders. Uh, Mustafi even has his defenders. Uh, Mustafi, let me, let me just jump on that real quick because I hated that cheap shot article. I'm sure you loved it. Sonny, you wickedly evil son of a bitch. Mate, I, I, actually said, I actually said the other day that Mustafi's earned his, earned his place in the team there. I'll, I'll oh, play, I apologize. I'll, 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 I'll play Mustafi and hold him together. In, in, but uh, it really bothered me. I thought that article slash poll was such a hit piece, especially coming from three straight clean sheets he was a part of. And since he is wearing an Arsenal shirt, I was sticking up for him, something I haven't done in like a year and a half. I think the other thing about Mustafi is he's just handled himself well, right? Yes, yes. He kept his nose clean, no headlines, no fuss. Um, So... I've tended to be supportive of Mustafi on the basis that how many centre-backs have come into Arsenal now and not looked good. Um, You've seen the odd pairing that looks okay, but when a guy has to just do it on his own, we, you know, it's maybe Koscielny, and even latter-day Koscielny, when his powers faded just a little bit, he was exposed. It's really only Koscielny in the last decade who could come into the club and there's plenty of people who criticise Gishelny too at the start and at the end of his uh, Arsenal careers in terms of performances. So, you know, I'm not defending Mustafi as not having his own special issues, but, you know, it's a terrible job um, for one player to have to defend himself and his performances in a club mm. when you have our we can't even put out a back four that fixes a consistent back four that addresses our issues. Then we go to, oh, well, maybe it's not the screen from the midfield. Maybe the front three aren't tracking back. You know, we're continually in an Agatha Christie uh, novel trying to work out how can we, you know, why does the ship always leak? But you so. mean Wagatha Christie, by the way. Yeah, good one, good one. Well, I guess I... <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think, I, think, I think Socrates is washed up as well, to be honest with you. Um, well, hey, I think, I, I, I'd I rather have Mustafi than Socrates. Oh, anyway. uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I've never... I mean, I, I, I uh, really thought 
um, Mustafi's corner the other the other day when he was getting all that grief because I just think he's shown a hell of a lot of mental strength to come through what he has because he's had hate. He's had such vile stuff sent to his family about his kids, his wife, everything. And um, obviously not to mention what everyone said about him. And I don't, I, I'm not saying I want him because I, I, I wouldn't have him in the first team straight away again now. However, I respect him massively for what he's done and how he's played in the cup games when called upon. And he, he deserves an awful lot of praise because yeah. he, that pass, that breaking pass he made, that was fantastic, that was. If that was um, anyone else, imagine if back in the day it was Rio Ferdinand that had done that, that would that'd be on loop. You know, that, and it was fantastic. And um, he deserves a lot of praise. But I, my first choice would be now, um, well, I, I'm slightly doubting myself because I really wanted to see Chambers and Holding. Because they played, they've been only the best. They know each other inside out. They played together for England under twenty ones, and they're both. They, I don't know whether Holding's going to be in great form when he comes back, but he, he was when he played against. Uh, was it Forest? It was Forest, wasn't it? He looked out. He looked immaculate. But I, I think, Chambers I think has F, been amazing. Fan base go over the top about Holding. I think it's a decent player. Well, I, I think they go over the top. And, I don't um, know. I don't know. Ch- Ch- Chambers just reminds me of a special offer at McDonald's. You know. It's, it's, <laughs> It's, you know, it's 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 a flavor. It's the flavor of the month or the flavor of the week, and then it goes out of flavor again. I do not think Chambers. I do not agree. Chambers is the McRibs. Sonny, oh, yeah. And back, man, I'm sorry, guys. Backing up because I don't want to let this go. Uh, Sonny doesn't like Socrates. I think on the perfect Arsenal team, Socrates is a good squad player. Okay, that's. I just yeah, had to get no, that in. He gets. He has eighty-five to ninety percent of a brilliant game. Well, not brilliant, good. And the and the, the rest of the time, the other ten to fifteen percent, he just makes absolutely it, it, brainless decisions. The guy's a sumo wrestler in a football kit. Yeah, <laughs> he just um, he, just because he like pumps his fist and punches the air, everyone loves him. But he's just uh, I've never liked him personally. Unfortunately, I don't think he's good enough to play for Arsenal. But I do like. David Luiz, I do, I really do. I think he's the actual it's, it's, true it's, it's, captain it's, it's, on the pitch. Got, he's got no pace, Andrew. That's a, that's a, that's the reason that um, well, Arsenal defending so deep because he's, he's got no pace. Well, neither did Alan Hansen. Um, he, he was one of the best defenders. That I, don't, you I, don't, see. I don't think you can compare Alan Hansen to David Luiz, mate. But you don't need you don't need pace um, to be. Alan a fantastic Hansen footballer can... when you've got someone else like Holding. Alan, like Alan, Alan Hansen can read a game. David Luiz couldn't read a book. What about <laughs> what about Pierre Mertesacker? He was shit as well. He won't shit. He was. He, he, was. he played really he well. Sonny, I bet I hear you complain about getting any grief in the comments. Mate, mate, <laughs> Kermit, slow motion. And, and, and everyone wanted him gone. So now he's gone. I, I can't say anyone says any good. Jesus. No, no, no. I, I, with Kermit the best joke I'm sure you guys have heard it. He turns like the QE2, you know. Yeah, but uh, but no, I was no big fan of his either. Uh, but uh, holy cow. Sonny, Sonny, how did you feel when Mother Teresa played centre-back for Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> Mother Teresa, not with you. No, I don't get you either. I'm sorry. You, you don't get me. That one post. No, oh, I, I got it. He's saying he's trying to get Sonny to say something bad about Mother Teresa. No, right, okay, okay. Mate, if you're good, you're good. If you're shit, you're shit. I'll just say as it is. Well, no, she not. was shit. Huh? Well, she was shit. It wasn't really her. I mean, you look at who was around her, right? She had, uh, who'd she have? She had Holding to her left. 
She had Maitland Niles on the right. She had Gibbs on the left. It wasn't her fault. Who was screening oh. her? Well, she still the robes. She was tripping over the robes. She still got no right right She was no full fight. What she did, but she was a centre back. She was just been shit as the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. You are right, too Glenn, fucking Glenn, funny. Glenn, Glenn, let's move on. We have, um, I know that... Um, Paul's gonna, Mate, where, where uh, we are for a reason. It's not because all our players are world-class. No, we ain't got world-class. You know, oh, I we, agree. All, all, these, all these fanboys everywhere, we're where we are for a reason. No, I agree. And if you're asking me, Andrew, uh, the, another thing I was drawn to was uh, this Arsene Wenger book. It's like, I don't give a shit. When I, I mean, I appreciate everything he did. But as far as Arsene Wenger goes, there was a long time where if I could have had dinner with anybody in the world, it would have been Arsene Wenger. Anybody in the world. Now the man just spoils my appetite. And when I see Jurgen Klopp, I think if fucking Arsene Wenger left when he should have, Klopp would be our fucking manager. So I don't give a shit about his book. And I don't understand, you know, Twitter going crazy about this stupid ass book i don't think it's going to have much um in terms of re- revelations in it either to be perfectly honest he's too he's too, he's much too fucking nice he, god do you remember oh. his press conferences well we could have played a little bit better we'll work on it in practice and we'll fuck you <laughs> hmm. i actually think i was thinking about this i think Thanger will want to put out a book that has content He's a very charming guy, and I think he'll yes. find a way to combine. He he may not spell it out and punch you in the nose, but I think he he's not putting out a book that doesn't address his legacy. So he's going to have to say stuff. Wenger um, in his legacy, mate. Wenger's a fraud, you know. Yeah, yeah, great. it's true, mate. Wenger in his legacy is a fraud. I think he's not going to write a he's not going to want to write a dull book. So I think it's going to have a lot in there. He's not going to call mf this person and mf that person but he's going to give us enough detail that we know knew what happened in the van Persie scenario that this scenario that that scenario i think i think it'll get real enough but he will be tasteful as usual do you know what when, when you when you lot start to realize Ben was part of the problem and he was in it with conking lined his own pockets yeah. you know, but remember you, i'm not a lot i'm a person I'm, well, I'm, I'm, well, we're talking, we're, we're talking to, to everyone who's watching. Where everyone's watching on me, so I'm not. I'm not just yeah, but I'm not a lot. Uh, you know, but, I have but, my but own opinion. Rude, if, listen, if you're going to be rude to me, I'll just leave the podcast. Yeah, so it's up to you. If right. I'm Sorry. going to be rude, if you're going to be rude by saying, "Oh, okay," whoa, oh, what happened? Oh, well, I don't know. Don't, I don't know. Don't I worry. said I wasn't a lot. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's fine. Don't I worry think it was about, about Mother Teresa, actually. Look, Arsene Wenger could dedicate his whole book to selling Van Persie to Manchester United, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it. He sold them the title for 25 million dollars, and I had to watch Van Persie score all those goals all that fucking season for Manchester United, and that's when Wenger lost me, by the way. Well, I think I've told you before, Glenn, haven't I? That that sale of Van Persie made me. Stop watching Arsenal for about three seasons. Oh yeah, we did talk about this. I'm sorry, Andrew. It got me so angry because it was on the back of all the other sales that we made, and mm-hmm. we just became a selling club. And I just, I lost, I just lost it. Really, I just, uh, I got, I lost my, I never lost my love for the club, but I became so disillusioned I couldn't bring myself to watch them for. And like you said, we did, we literally sold the title for 25 million. And that was it. And um, I just could not believe it when they did that. I really couldn't at the time. Such a so, horrible yeah. season that was. 
Yeah, I know. I know, it, exactly. It hurts my stomach just thinking about it. I know, yeah. But let's um, move on to some lighter stuff. Tottenham. Just <laughs> <laughs> Freud apart again. Well, uh, exactly, exactly. I, I, well, I love those. I really do. I love those um, podcasts. But I um, am still absolutely gobsmacked because I was listening to podcasts. I listen to podcasts every day. And uh, I can't remember which one it was this morning. But again, there was still absolutely singing the praises of Pochettino and I know that he's he's lifted Spurs from where they used to be but I still can't quite get my head around the fact how much he's loved in the media for doing something that Arsene Wenger was roundly mocked for for about 18 seasons apart from the fact Wenger actually won trophies during that period as well I, I just don't That's see that I mean during 2019 on their form and the amount of points that they've won on pro rata, they would be 15th or below. In fact, it was about three weeks ago, I think, it, they, someone said that they're going to be 15th. They've lost another game or two probably since then. So they'd be in the virtually in the bottom three on the points won during this calendar year. It's appalling. Yeah. I... And, that's not what. What's the excuse for that? Really, there isn't I, one. I don't understand why he's getting a free pass like that. Because to me, okay. it appears he lost the team. To that's what it looks like to me. They're not playing for him. No. I don't understand why he's getting all this praise. They spent big in the summer. I was worried at one point with the players I had coming yeah. in with Lacelso and uh, mm. uh, and Dombele. Yeah, I know. I, I knew that they Those wouldn't do players. it on their own. Because yeah. they needed more. They needed more. But I'm, I'm just shocked that yeah. they used to be the most pressing team in the league, bar none. And now they weren't any the bottom. They're 17th in the pressing table when you look at those stats, apparently. Well, they're so, quite the, the dilemma because Kane can't press anymore. His body's not up to it. And if he's your front line and they're not willing to drop him, they you don't have a pressing front line. So they're... He's no. literally their Achilles heel, and, and Pochettino <laughs> hasn't found another way to play, really. That's been well, his hallmark. Well, I thought I thought Kane would have a decline this year, but only because of VAR taking away about 25% of his fucking goals. <laughs> That's why I thought he'd decline this I year. I didn't think it would work, but it, it has. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's the poster boy for it. Mm. I know. Well, he's... Um... He's literally the Achilles heel, though, isn't he? Because his yeah. Achilles heels are about eighty-five years old, Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah. So he's not going to last the season. And he's the trigger for the press. You can't press with two of three players up front, and he's mm. just not up to it. So they're trying to find ways to accommodate him, and it's totally capsized the boat from a pressing standpoint. And Pochettino's try, trying to make adjustments, but there's clearly stuff going on in the dressing room. We've all heard the stories in the room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and those seem pretty consistent. So we may not know the exact details, but there's shit going on that is more to do with um, their personnel. And then there's the story that Pochettino wants out and he wants to take Kane and and uh, Ericsson with him. He says um, it's, he's, he says it so often as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he says really weird things. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. I, 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 it's really strange. And yeah, if no, I win the Champions League, I'm off. There's no so, need to say what he says, and he just brings it on himself. And but yeah. no one, no one picks it up on, picks him yeah. up on it. If I win, so, I'm off. 
but I lost, so I'm staying. I mean, it just doesn't sound right, does it? No. <laughs> no. Just go get the Manchester United job already, for fuck's sake. Right. Uh, you, you know, it cracks me up because Arsenal fans during these international breaks, I was surprised, Paz, that you said you enjoy the interlull. Is that what you call it? Because yeah. during these, these two-week breaks, all Arsenal fans turn into my 18-year-old daughter. We're just looking for drama everywhere. And there's so much, you know, there's so much bad shit going on with those teams below us. I mean, one of the things I wrote down, Andrew, um, was that big deal about Manchester United goal supposedly of the month of September oh, yeah. being the penalty shot and, yeah. and, and everybody believed it and it was retweeted a million times uh, and no they did have one other goal that one against Arsenal where we all not we all but I thought that uh, what's his face Xhaka dove instead of you know uh, yeah, yeah. It out. but that was their only goal of the month uh, but you know I mean how bad does it have to be somewhere where you're like oh shit our goal of the month was a penalty oh well you know no one even checked it you know? know but you see the goal that Rashford scored for England that was a good goal. And yeah. um, I mean, he whipped that in, but he, uh, he's just been absolutely dog shit for Man United. Yes, absolutely. He really has. And they're pinning all their hopes on this 17 year old kid, um, Greenwood, is it? Yeah. And we've got a better Greenwood than him <laughs> in, our, in our under 18s. Sam Greenwood, he looks the, the business as well. But I mean, this is the other thing about the media bias. I'm not going to go on about it too long. I've, I've, you know what? I've been ranting on about it for months. But Saka, I mean, long may it continue. To be honest, I want I want them to go under the radar. But Saka and uh, Martinelli and so on have, have been really performing fantastically. And then they don't get any kind of headlines. Have you seen any kind of headlines about our great young players or? In the same light that Lampard has been um, getting for leading the way in playing young players, because oh. even though he's forced to, it, that is just driving me mad. Well, uh, Chelsea, you know, enjoy the good times while they last. It's, it, I mean, they're just it, they're in a little upturn right now. It's a long season. That team's too young. They're not going to finish top four. And, and uh, you know, this is a team that signed uh, what's his name, uh, the American for sixty-seven million. Um, Pulisic. Pulisic. Yeah. You know, the yeah. the guy who lost his job to Sancho, who I believe used to play for Chelsea. Uh, am I wrong there? No, he came from no, Chelsea. Man, right? He's from Man City. Oh, Man City. Man City. Okay. Yeah. But still, it's, you know, I, 67 million for Pulisic. Give me a friggin' break. Chelsea's good times are not going to enjoy it while it lasts. I mean, they've got some good young players. There's no doubt about no that. No doubt, but so do we. But we got the well, better. Exactly. Exactly. And we get, I mean, I used to get, well, I still do, as you can tell, get really annoyed about it that we get all the crap media and they are. Everyone else gets all the all the uh, great media, but I've just come to the conclusion that it's good. Just, just let us go under the radar now. And <laughs> yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite happy for that. To be perfectly honest, absolutely, so, yes. they can have it as long as we get the top four. And I, I certainly think Emery's got no excuses yeah. for this season. He had minor. I mean, we shouldn't have caved the way we did last year, but I guess I wasn't. I didn't think we were nailed on for top four, but there's. There's really no excuse for not making top four this year. The no. difficulty will be, I know you talked about January uh, as being a marker for him. but Well, it, we're uh, told to be excited again in January by Josh Kroenke. When? Um, it, after, he, after he, you know, had uh, the, the, the last transfer window where most of us were happy, he said, stay excited and we're not done come January. So, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 he said that. I missed that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Ra Raul is not a big January guy, 
by his own admission. He thinks it's kind of you do a little fixing up, you get a loan, etc. And that seems to be how we beha- behaved last year. So I was assuming it would be the same thing. But I don't. I still don't think it's the ideal time to go big. And the problem is, if Emery's a few points or a place or two off top four, you know, what are your criteria for bumping them at Christmas or January? Are you hurting yourself or he- uh, helping yourself? Now, I know we can get into it in terms of hypotheticals, but it's always a very tough... For the guys at the top, it's a very, always a very tough choice. If he hasn't, if he's got the dressing room still on side, it's very hard to move against a manager in January if he's in the ballpark, even if he's just below the line. So uh, I think we're going to get to see him all the way through to next summer. I'm not convinced um, that Emery has uh, all of the players on his side. I based that on nothing except watching games, uh, you know, and, and listening to interviews and watching players come off. But I don't know if he has the whole team on his side. Uh, as far as him leaving in, in January and us eating the rest of his contract, we have a cheapest shit owner. So I don't think we're going to do that. But our metric, one metric for does he have the dressing room is do they fight? Do they do they come back? Do they score towards the end of a game? We're slow starters, but we're strong finishers. So I that to me would be where you see somebody who's lost the dressing room, where 60 min- minutes into the game is where the players kind of say, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't believe in this. I'm going to individually, I'm going to stop trying. And that isn't what we've seen, I don't think, this season so far. Take it one step further, though, Paz. Why do we get off to slow starts? I think it's his starting 11 selection uh, a lot of the times. You don't agree it, with it's that? Cer- no, I do. But that, that to me is different than losing the dress ro- dressing room. Okay. I, I think he, the team is struggling to some degree uh, on continuity, on the automatisms, and also on just, like we all are, struggling to see. We might see why it's adequate, but we don't see why it's going to be good or great in terms of the football we play. And, you know, I'm just crossing my fingers that the magic trick is the fullback showing up and now his his approach, his system makes sense. Um, maybe we'll play out, go back to playing a little bit more out from the back, which we haven't done recently. Maybe we'll be more of a pressing team. We press at home, we don't press away. Uh, maybe with some flying fullbacks that'll give him more of the tools he's looking for. I'm well, grasping a little bit at straw, straws, but those are a couple of big straws. No, I think it's um, a big thing because our midfield are naturally going left and right to cover the fullbacks at the moment with Klasnach and um, Maitland-Niles or Chambers. Uh, Chambers as it's been. And I think that if we have more movement on the right-hand side and they've got better quality players there, they won't have to do that so much and they're not going to leave so much gaps like uh, in the centre of the park. I yeah, think it's going to be natural. We frequently see the attack, uh, although effective feeding off scraps, is kind of isolated from the midfield. And I think the bridge is supposed to be the fullbacks. But I believe it when I see it, I guess. Well, <laughs> and also, I don't, you know, I, I don't agree that, uh, regards about Louise. I think he's had a good season so far. He has made those two high-profile errors. But I think he hasn't been helped regards to plays he's had alongside him and the midfield he's had no protection in front of him he's never had that in his in his whole career wherever he's been with PSG with Chelsea with Brazil he's not he's never been so exposed 
I think he's uh, I, I think, think this he's... is how we get our vengeance and our revenge on every Chelsea player individually. Check Luis. One by one, we get them into the club and we humiliate them in our defence. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, I heard on the, um, again, I can't remember which podcast it was, but they said today that um, they're talking about Gary Cahill and they said we bought the wrong Chelsea defender. And I just couldn't believe what I was hearing, to mm. be honest with you. I mean, I know yeah. he's having a decent season this season with Crystal Palace, but no, I'm sorry. I think we've got the... Uh, I think I'm quite happy with the ease for our, over that, Cahill. That is a... Cahill is a very minority opinion among Arsenal fans. I saw I nothing. I saw nothing but no! <laughs> when that was uh, a rumour. No, I know. But I, I when he was at um, Bolton... I did actually want because he was available for a good price. I did actually want him then before he went to Chelsea, but but when he's a good age, um, I wouldn't have minded him back then, but not now. No, no, not not for me. But um, right, have you got one? Have you got time for one last thing? Uh, yeah, I got a, another three four minutes. Yeah, three right. four Is minutes, it, and then I have got. You got have you got anything else you want to uh, sort of bring up, talk about today? Well, so there was a tweet that I won't get into too much but the topic was stats and what what struck me in reading it is um, like can you guys go back go back in your minds to like 2012 13 14 on Twitter and stats and where things were at and we talk about goals and assists and appearances and maybe shots for and shots against and you look at where stats are like now, it just kind of struck me. There was a while we used to joke on Twitter that you had to be a financial accountant <laughs> to keep with, up with Arsenal Twitter. And now it's gone full on. If you're not a statistician, can't even say the bloody thing, <laughs> an actuarian, um, you know, it, it's amazing. Like, I'm okay with, with maths. I got a science background. I did engineering in, in school. Um, so it doesn't, in one way, it doesn't intimidate me, but it just astounds me the level of knowledge now and conversation and dialogue around and the sophistication that's coming on. Like with the Arsenal Vision podcast, we have a Discord channel and uh, the stats in there, it's like it's intimidating the amount like I'm on a podcast, so I'm supposed to nominally know as much and more as as Joe average fan. I don't think that's true. I don't know if it was ever true. Probably not in my case. Um, but <laughs> I really don't think it's true now. The 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 knowledge of the people listening to the podcast, the whole um, dynamic has changed where they're like, they're more participants in it, in the conversation. You you can't be an expert anymore. Uh, I pity the journalists, like the supporters, certainly the online supporters who are bothered the shit they know is just phenomenal. Um, and it's kind of intimidating to keep up with it. I guess that's my opening comments, just mm -hmm. in your perspectives on how things have changed in a few years and whether that's a turn on or a turn off for you. Obviously, we're here for the football, but... I don't... I can't follow all this, these, the stats and the XG and all that. I just view the game the old-fashioned way with my eyes. Yeah, I know what you mean. I normally give it two passes. I'll watch the game once and just enjoy the flow. And the second time, I'll try and be a bit more analytic because I got to talk to people about the analytic side of it on the podcast. 
I just I really struggled to get my head around the, all these stats. What about you, Glenn? Oh, <laughs> I'll remember stats. I won't remember my wife's birthday, but I'll remember the most mundane stats that you can think of. I also like how Arsenal fans all turn into accountants with, you know, well, he's got this much on the books. We can get this off the books. And, you know, that's that's not really my style. You uh, to amort- uh, amortize his fees over four years, Glenn. You can't take it as one lump sum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amortization. That's, that's a new word as well. Yeah. Anyway, you've got to go then now, Pos? Yeah, I do. I just I, want to say that was how we were able to afford to get uh, Mother Teresa into the club. <laughs> I, to be fair, I think she's got a good touch, though. She for, does. For, good for a touch. touch for a little lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Give me a break. If she played for Arsenal, we'd all be yelling at her, eat a fucking sandwich. <laughs> oh, no. It's the right size for one of these forward players at Man City. <laughs> fit in quite well there anyway uh, thanks ever so much Paz, for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure likewise it was fun well, yeah, yeah Paz, nice meeting you three of us thanks glenn yeah. <laughs> thank you and thanks ever yeah. so much for coming on hopefully you come on again one day yeah love to take care thank you glenn, how are you doing for time well i still got another 15 minutes if you right. want to ryan uh, ryan are you up for coming on put a note in the box if you're still watching i think you are because you've just put a question on do you want to come on board because you've been uh, very entertaining today on i got uh, i gotta get this jacket off it's hot as balls in here oh, the hell, you uh, what i mean you haven't got the snow yet in new york have you no no it's chilly outside though and it's fucking freezing in my man cave <laughs> okay <laughs> all right well, well, I'll, I'll hopefully uh, we'll get ryan on maybe um shortly so, what's, um... so do, do i do i sense that you're getting a little more positive about arsenal uh since i last talked to you with you know the, the, with the youth players because you were a little bit too negative last i am um, i've i've been saying for quite a while i've been i'm really really positive um about the squad i actually think we've got the strongest squad we've had probably in the last decade I yeah, really I, do. I, and I, know, I agree with that. Why are you yelling at me? I agree with you. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, dude. Oh, no, I, I might be because I've got this new... Oh, no, but look. I've got this new uh, fancy... Oh, look at you, fancy. A new oh, microphone yeah, yeah. and a new haircut, I think. Look at you. you, you haircut. <laughs> I ain't got no haircut. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but no, I've been really... Uh, by the way, just one second. Uh, Alex, are you still available to come on? Put a note on the... Um, I'll put a note in the in the box if you're still available to come on. You're more than welcome. We've got another 15 minutes or so yet if you're up for it. Anyway, squad-wise, um, yeah, I'm really, really happy in, with it. I just don't think they're being utilised to their strengths, and that is what's making me sad. I'm still yeah. very, very negative about the way we're playing because people are going on and on and on about overreaction and saying, well, we're third in the league. We're only one point behind last season's champion. But yeah. We're only eight games into the season, and the same pattern is occurring that potentially happened last year. Well, not potentially happened last year, that did happen last year. Um, but I'm still worried that everything's going to go pear-shaped again because we can't keep playing the way we're playing and still stay in the top four because we it, it proved it last year. 
well, we're not all going to agree, you know, on the same things. That what fun would that be? But um, as far as uh, the, the the team goes, uh, I, I'm positive it's so friggin' early yet, and I'm I'm on the same page with you, except for Unai Emery. I'm giving him the whole year, you know, sink or swim, and, and then at the end of the year, you know, I, fourth place might not even be good enough for me with Unai Emery. I think we're the third best. I think we're better than the sp- Spuds right now. We are. We are. It'd be disappointing to scrape on in, into the top four the way it is. I think we, we are the third best team in the league at the moment. We should be because of the quality of squad we've got. I firmly and, believe that. And, I, you know, and the other thing that I really, really like is that no one's getting crazy excited about any winning streaks right now like we did last year. Last year, I was just like, this is the greatest, even though all the warning signs were there. You know, everybody's like, yeah, we did this last year, blah, 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 blah. You know, everybody's staying a little bit more centered this year about our little winning streak. Yeah, I, I just... Um... I, like I said before, earlier on in the podcast, I'm just not comfortable watching the team at the moment because we look so fragile the way that we're set up. And I, well, I that, well, that's what I'm talking about. Levels of patience with, with the team. And I'm sorry if we talked about this before, but, you know, and you've said it yourself, Andrew, when we get Tierney and Bellerin back together, maybe holding next to Louise or whatever combo you want to put in there in the middle, I think we're going to be even better. I really, really do. That's what I'm, I'm hoping for. And I am positive about that because I, I can't, I literally can't wait to see, um, especially Tierney um, in full flow playing in the Premier League mm-hmm. against, the best, against the best players. It's just going to be very exciting. And um, obviously, Bellerin as well. What I'm surprised about is how many fans are anti Unai Emery right now, but I think he's brought that on himself with his, you know, inconsistent lineup selections, his his defensive, you know, his being scared going against teams and putting these midfields that have no crea- creativity in them. I think Unai Emery's been his own worst enemy. Yeah, I think so as well. And uh, he he says the same as what we said earlier about Pochettino saying weird things. Yeah, yeah. He says weird things as well that he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it? He's gone out of my head now. What did he say that was really odd? Um, that he <laughs> I'm laughing because we're two old men forgetting shit. I know. <laughs> I, I know. So. I know. <laughs> he, oh, I can't remember what it was, but he said something that I thought well, that's a bit weird. You didn't have to say that, and it's gone out of my head, unfortunately. But yeah, he has. He's he's done that two or three times this year. I I, I would like. Earlier, it was a few weeks ago, I think, I saw Unai Emery, you know, he was asked, what's the deal with Ozil? He's like, hey, he's not good enough. He hasn't earned it. And I was like, there you go. That's the kind mm-hmm. of, I, that's the, I, I still think Ozil should be on the bench, uh, you know, not start, just be on the bench, you know, late, a late choice for creativity with 20, 15, 20 minutes to go. So I disagree with him there, but I enjoyed that honesty. I want that drill sergeant coach that, you know, knows his shit and is not going to take any shit. Mm, I know, but I don't, I just love to know what's going on there because I'm just uh, I never ever thought that I would feel this like that, but I've I've started to get sort of real good feelings about having Ozil back in the team personally because I've, I I don't know whether it's because it was his birthday this week and that all these things were going around about all the greatest goals we've scored in the Emirates era and um, top five whatever it was anyway the, the tweets were entitled but all the great goals have Ozil involved in them you can't get away from that well if he's and, not I'm sorry go ahead go ahead no I was going to say a, a, 
and Ozil in full flight when he's really feeling it is really, really beautiful to watch. And I know that we don't get enough of it. I've been his biggest um, critic, uh, critic on, on that front. But when you do see him playing in a team that's um, counter-attacking and the way that he can make the game flow, it's just beautiful to watch, isn't it? Uh, yes, I, I completely agree. And I hope that if Ozil doesn't leave in January, we get to see a little run of games with the guys we want in there, Laka, Abba, Pepe. And I'd like to see a run of games with Ozil at number 10 and Caballos at the, uh, at the number 8, which he prefers to play anyway. Uh, yeah. I would love to see a little run of games like yeah, I that. He, uh, I think it was one of the cup games when um, for a while that... Um, Gwenduzi and um, Ceballos were very playing very close together, quite sort of quite fairly deep, and they look. Re- I mean, especially um, Ceballos, I think he could do a really good job there. And in mm-hmm. the and it sounds a bit odd um, because he's very creative in the sort of um, attacking um, part of yeah. the pitch as well. But he, I think he could do the job. That Xhaka's been tasked to do really well. I agree, and Xhaka, there, there. It's it's like this O Henry story where we can talk about all these combinations, but our current manager made Xhaka the captain. You'll never convince me unless a player comes out and says that they voted for captain and Xhaka came first. You'll never convince mm. me he came in first in the team vote. But that's that's you know Unai Emery's hung his hat on Xhaka, and that's that's the part that really sucks. Any talk about the start. Starting eleven starts with Xhaka, his captain. Mm. His, you know, his captain. Ah, oh, I still I have trouble saying that. No, I know. It, it, he, it's quite a few games this season where he hasn't really done anything wrong. But, yeah, like the last game, he didn't but, really do anything wrong. No, but he doesn't do much right either. In the, mm-hmm. in in a positive way, I mean, yeah. he has. A, he just has a good game, isn't he? He's very vanilla. Yes, in that respect. Um, he doesn't do anything that excites you or to really make positive um, uh, sort of attacks, really, and just progressing the, the ball up the field very well. I just don't think he does very um, exciting things. And he's, there's better, we've got better players in this squad, and that's why it's so frustrating because we've got Sabios, Guendouzi, Torreira, and Willock all, in my opinion, should start ahead of him. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you there either. And if Xhaka was really good at just one thing, I might be able to deal with him in the starting 11. But he's not that good on defense. He, he does get off the occasional good pass. And, and he leads the league in giveaways that lead to goals. So I know, I you're know. never going to sell me on him. No, I know. And I, what Stan's just said on the, the screen there, He's had 60 seasons to endear himself to the fans. Emery has tried to facilitate him, but he's a Goldilocks player. <laughs> the porridge can't be too hot, too cold, just right. And I, I totally agree, Stan. And I'm not saying that I want him back in the team. I'm just saying that it would be lovely if we had a full-flowing uh, Ozil in the team and because he's just such a good player to watch. But I, I don't think we're ever going to get that again. He doesn't seem to love the game anymore. And he hasn't done enough since he's been at Arsenal, unfortunately. But some of the best moments that we have had since he's been with the club have been with him on the pitch. But there's not been enough of them, unfortunately. No, I I agree too, Stan. I agree with you. I'm just saying, you know, I would like to see a little run out. But if it doesn't happen, I don't give a shit. (laughs) You know, if he leaves in January, I don't give a shit. 
there's no reason for him not to be playing in these cup games, is there? So that I mean, there's that. Is, At least be on the bench. Exactly. Well, I don't. I, I don't think he's ever been the sort of player that can turn a game by coming on as a sub. I think you either start him or you don't. Oh, you got me there. I'm trying to think of a game where he came on and changed it, and I can't think of a single one. No, I don't think so either. I think if you're gonna, you, that's why he doesn't get taken away on. Um, you know, when when we go play it, I don't know, anywhere above the Watford gap. He, he never ever turns up. Um, and I, I think it's because he, he's not... I don't think he would love to... He, he, he just sold coming on as a sub as well, uh, for a start. But I don't think he's that sort of player to come and turn a game, maybe. Uh, okay, so so you're, saying, you're saying that... Forget the money he makes. You're saying that he's not... You, you wouldn't even have him on your bench. Andrew, the manager of Arsenal, you wouldn't even have Ozil on your bench. I'd, well, of course... <laughs> the simple thing is, he is uh, he on quality. Um, when everyone's on form, he's he's our best player. He still is our best player on skill and quality, but he he, he lets himself down with effort. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the problem. But he's still uh, easily in our best eighteen. So there's no reason for him not to be on the on the bench. And I. I I'm not saying he couldn't be useful coming on as a substitute, but I just don't, I can't remember a time when he has been, but that, that's all. Um, but yeah, of course, he, he should be on the bench. He, he should be. You're not hearing my dog snoring on my microphone, are you? It's behind me. My dog is snoring behind me. And I'm like, I wonder if they can hear that. Unfortunately not, no. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> She's snoring oh, no. really, really loud. That's why I asked. I'm going to, like, slide over here. Just, okay, there. There we well, go. Last, last point I want to make on uh, everything we've been talking about is to, it goes with something that um, Ryan's just put on the screen as well. Uh, two one down to Villa. Jacker goes off with twenty minutes to go, and we suddenly look better and go on to win three two. We're a completely different team. He's the one constant in the team that cover all of our poor performances in the Premier League. It, he's the one constant. Yeah, you're not going to find any defensive uh, Jacker here. Oh, it, it, I believe I basically called out the manager saying he's a liar that Chaka finished first in the voting for team captain. So yeah. uh, who was that? Ryan? Ryan, I, I agree with yeah. you. You preach yeah. into the choir, dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's unfortunate that um, Alex unfortunately didn't make it to, uh, back from working time. Um, that's a shame. Next time, Alex, no worries at all. We'll hopefully see you on the, on the podcast soon. Same time uh, next uh, next Wednesday, Andrew? Yes, absolutely. Okay. absolutely. We've got another some more uh, really good guests, which I'll announce in a few days' time, coming up for next week as well. So, yeah, definitely, everyone watching, thank you ever so much. Please make thank sure you. you like, like, subscribe, and share. Really, really important. Um, it, it really helps us get noticed. And yeah, thanks everyone for tonight. Thank you to Pause. Thank you to yourself, Glenn. Thank you to yes, Sunny. Thank you, Sunny. Thank you, everyone watching. I really appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. Talk to you soon, Andrew. Talk to you soon, mate. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you.
We really need your help to spread the word about From Dar Square to Wear, so if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Wear YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!